We are on Ksubis Samach Tes Amabez 69b as we begin the last Mishnah of the sixth parak of the sixth chapter. And God willing, we will complete this chapter in next week's class. Says the Mishnah, we've been discussing from the Mishnayos a lot about the dowry, about uh, the father of the bride, uh, him contributing towards her marriage and. Uh, providing for them towards the beginning of the marriage. We've been discussing a lot about that. So now it comes to the following case. It's not really connected uh, to the dowry uh, and the laws of a dowry, but it's, uh, it's a bit of a, of a side topic uh, that, that relates somewhat to the dowry. Okay. Okay, what's the case? Uh, the father uh, is uh, about to die, and he appoints a third party, an agent, uh, to hold on to a certain amount of cash uh, to provide it for his daughter. For It could be for the dowry. It could be to purchase a field for his daughter. It could be uh, for a number of things. But the point is that he commanded, he instructed uh, this agent, to hold on to it for his daughter and to uh, make the purchase uh, for his daughter. And he, the father essentially assigned uh, this person to be in charge of it. Now, the father passes away, and she comes along, and uh, we will see in the Gemara that the case that they are, argu- that they are arguing about is, um, is when, the, when she's engaged, when she's halachically engaged, before she's fully married, before they're living together, the husband and the wife, uh, because we will see in the Gemara that when they are um, fully married, so then everybody agrees uh, that uh, the agent would have to give the money to uh, the daughter, to the daughter of the deceased father, because that's what the father would have wanted once she gets fully married. Once she's fully married, she's living with her husband, so then at that point in time already she's allowed to uh, be in control of her money. But until then, uh, while they are engaged, so she says, she tells the court, now that I'm engaged, I, I don't want this third party to be in charge of the money. I want my husband. I want my future husband. I want him to be in charge. I trust him. I want him to be in charge of it. Romeyer says, no, we do, not, uh, we do not accept that. And the third party, the agent, essentially is still in charge of it. And the agent is the one who would make the purchase for, let's say, land, if that's what the father instructed. Uh, but the third party would still be in charge. Rabiosi argues, and Rabiosi makes the following argument. Rabiosi says, no, I don't understand. Let's say the third party, the, the agent already made the purchase and gave it to the daughter. If it already happened, so then the daughter has the right uh, to sell it. It's the daughter's, it belongs to the daughter, it's hers, she has the right to sell it. So if the third party, if the agent already made the purchase and the daughter, and then it belongs to the daughter and the daughter can now sell it, so it really belongs to the daughter in the end of the day. And if it belongs to the daughter, so then uh, the daughter has the right to say, you know what, give it, uh, even if it was before the sale, give the money to my husband. She has the right to say that, and that, that my husband will be in charge of the purchase of the field. Uh, she has the right to say that. She could have sold the field. If she already had the field, she would have sold it. She had the possibility of selling it. So she's really in control. If she's in control, she has, if, even if it wasn't purchased yet, she has the right to say, give the cash over to my husband. Okay, that is a dispute between Romero and Rubiosi. Uh, there's 
uh, a discussion as to what exactly are they arguing about, what's the root of their argument, and we'll provide one approach, there could be multiple approaches, but we'll provide one approach, which is a concept of mitzvah l'kayim divrei There's a principle that at least Rav Meir uh, follows, which is that when somebody is uh, making a certain instruction about something which should happen with regards to their estate after they pass away, so there is a mitzvah, there is a obligation, uh, potentially on a biblical level, but uh, let's say on a rabbinic level, there's an obligation to follow through on his word, that if he makes a certain uh, instruction about his estate, so then we have to follow through with it. And so Rav Meir says, the instruction was to give it to this agent. Uh, that was the instruction. So if that's the case, we have to follow through with it. And even if the daughter, even if it's all for the daughter, it's really, uh, in the end of the day, going into the hands of the daughter and it's to help her out. But in the end of the day, if those were the instructions, so then we have to follow those instructions. That's what the father believed would be the best um, situation for his daughter. And the daughter has no right to say, no, we, won't, I, we don't have to listen to what my father said. No, there's a mitzvah to fulfill the instructions of, uh, of the father. Rabiosi potentially disagrees. Rabiosi will say, no, there is no such obligation. There, potentially there is no such obligation. And the daughter has the right to say, yeah, he said to give it to this third party. I'm engaged now. I have somebody else who's taking care of me. And I uh, give, give it to my husband. Uh, so that's one potential way of explaining this argument between Rameh and Rabiosi. Just the end of the Mishnah says, uh, The Gemara will discuss what exa- who is exactly uh, uh, stating this last line. Is it Rameh or Rabiosi? But the last line says, When does this apply uh, when she is a Gedola, when she is above the age of 12? But under the age of 12, uh, she has no right uh, to make uh, any claim, she can't uh, change. Uh, she can't transfer the cash from uh, from the from the agent to her husband. She's not allowed to do that if she is a katana. If she's a minor, uh, she has no, no no ability to do that. But uh, the Gemara will explain uh, who's the who's the author of that last line and how that fits into the Mishnah. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Tana Rabbanan is taught in a brisa, and this brisa. The Brisa was written from the t- same time period as the Mishnah, and it's really an elaboration of the Mishnah. It adds to the Mishnah. It's the same case. We're going to discuss the same case as the Mishnah. Says the Brisa, Mashas Mos Lachosno. It, it uses a slightly different language, but it's really the same case. Okay. The case is where the father is, uh, gives the following instructions to the agent that after he passes away, I'm giving you a certain amount of money to purchase a field for my daughter, um, and it's really for for her marriage. This field should belong should should uh, be theirs for their marriage. Um, and the father passes away, and then she says, "You know what? Give it to my husband." So, mayors of the opinion that there's a distinction between during the engagement time period and the actual marriage. When they are married, she has the ability. The daughter has the ability to say, "You know what? Give it to my husband," and we believe her, and and, and we accept it. Not just that we believe her; we we, we accept it. And we will transfer the funds to her husband. And this we, we explain this in the Mishnah as well. Uh, once they're married, the assumption is that the father would have wanted it to go to the, to the husband. They're fully married. They're living together. This would have been the desire of the father. Uh, however, Romero says that if they're only engaged, a halachic engagement where they're not living together, so then it stays in the hands of the agent. 
comes along Rabiosi. Rabiosi Omer Hagedola Beiman Anisuma Beiman Erisin Harishus Biada Kitana Beiman Anisuma Beiman Erisin Yasoshus Mashahushlosh Biada. Rabiosi makes a distinction, but it's not between engagement and marriage. It's a distinction between um, a girl above the age of twelve versus under the age of twelve. If she's a Gedola, if she's above the age of twelve, says Rabiosi, then whether or not she's fully married or whether it's just during the engagement, she has the right to say, give it to my husband, even during the engagement time period. If she is a katana under the age of 12, so then she, she has no right to say transfer the funds, even if she's fully married. Even if she's married, we've discussed in the past that if she's under the age of 12, she, uh, she could get married on a rabbinic level when her father passed, after her father passes away. She could get married on a rabbinic level, even if she's fully married on that rabbinic level. Uh, she cannot say transfer the fund to her husband. Okay, so at first glance, it seems like Rameyer and Rubiosi, if we were to analyze what exactly are they arguing about, because they're really discussing slightly different things, it seems like they'd be arguing about two cases. What's clear, what's clear is that they are arguing about what happens if she is above the age of 12. She is a gedola. She's an adult, halakhic adult above the age of 12, and it's only an engagement. So there, Rameyer says, uh, we, do not, uh, we do not listen to her. We do not transfer the funds when she's only engaged. Rameyer would say, yeah, she's above the age of 12. We could transfer the funds. And as we explained earlier, that's because Rameyer holds that we do not have to listen to the instruction of the father. If this is what she wants, this really belongs to her. This is her, uh, her, her money. Uh, so she, she has the right to say, transfer the funds to my husband, uh, even during the engagement time period. The question that the Gemara is about to have is what about uh, the, the other case where they're potentially arguing? What if she's under the age of 12, under the age of 12, and she's fully married? We know that Rabiosi says under the age of 12, she is not believed. We do not, uh, or not, not believe, but we, we, we don't listen to her. Uh, we don't transfer the funds if she's under the age of 12. She doesn't have an ability, to, she doesn't have complete awareness, and therefore we would not uh, listen to her. What about Rameyer? What about Rameyer? This is an open question. According to Rameyer, if she's under the age of 12, but she's fully married. Fully married. So then, is that an argument between Rameyer and Rabiosi? Would Rameyer say, yes, we do We do listen to her once she's fully married, even if she's under the age of 12? Or no, in that case also, there is no argument. So that's what the Gemara wants to know. My Benayu, what's the difference between Rameyer and Rabiosi? What's the case where there's a difference? That they argue in a case where she's under the age of 12, but she's fully married, at least on a rabbinic level, she's fully married. The Rameyer says that it's, she has the ability now to transfer the funds once she's married. And comes along Rabiosi to say, no, that uh, if she's under the age of 12, even if she's fully married, she doesn't have the ability. She doesn't have proper awareness. She can't. Uh, if that, that's what Rabiosi is coming to argue with Rameyer about. Uh, that uh, when she's under the age of 12, comes Rabiosi and says, no, she has no ability to transfer funds. If that were to be the case, and that's what Rameyer and Rabiosi are arguing about, so then what's the last line of the Mishnah? Going back to that last line of the Mishnah, a Masefa, Ava Bikitana, a Maisekitana Klum. The last line of the Mishnah says, and what a, what a, what a girl under the, age of, under the age of 12, she can't do anything. She can't perform any, uh, change, change the funds in any way. So who's saying this? Haman Kitani Law. Who's the one who's saying this line? Elam Rabiosi, I'm a Rashish Masmina, Dom Rabiosi, Vikina Sada, Vahim Rotzilamokra. Harimukhur me asked, Gidola Dvazvini in, Kitana Lazbazvini, he low. 
If it's Rabiosi, it's repetitive. Rabiosi just said in the Mishnah that if she has the ability to sell it, i.e., we're talking about if she's above the age of 12, because only if she's above the age of 12, halakhically an adult, she has the ability to sell uh, the field. So when she's above the age of 12, that's when we say she has the ability to transfer the funds. But if she's under the age of 12, she's a minor, so she doesn't have the ability to transfer the funds, even if she's fully married. Rabiosi just said that, because he said it depends on whether you can make a sale or not. And under the age of 12, she can't make a sale. So the mission is coming to repeat the same thing over again in that last line. If Rabiosi is saying that, it's repetitive. It's unnecessary. Must be, says the Gemara, it's Rav Meir. El Rav Meir, he. It must be it's Rav Meir. And what do we see from here? What do we see from here? That according to Rav Meir, he agrees that if she's under the age of 12, she cannot do anything. She cannot do anything. She cannot uh, transfer the funds, even if she's fully married. Again, on a rabbinic level, but even if she's fully married, she cannot transfer the funds. And this is how you have to read the Mishnah. So the Gemara says, this is how you have to read the Mishnah. The Chasari Master of Achigidani says, Rameyer, that we do not trust her. We do not, uh, not that we don't trust her, we don't listen to her. We don't listen to her, we have to leave it by the agent. When do we, do we say this? According to Rameyer, when do we say we leave it by the agent? Only if they are engaged. But if they're fully married, once they're fully married, Rav Meir says that she could transfer the funds. That's what the father would have wanted. So she could transfer the funds. And another qualification, when do we say she could transfer the funds? That's the last line of the Mishnah. Only if she is above the age of 12, halakhically an adult, who has the ability to transfer funds. Um... But when she is a, a katana, when she's a minor under the age of 12, she cannot transfer the funds. We'll see next week in the, in the next class uh, that uh, a discussion about is it ever possible for uh, a minor to ever be involved in any business transactions whatsoever. It's an important discussion. It's not for now. We'll see that uh, in the next class. It'll be in a few lines from now. Uh, but at least with regards to the transfer of these funds, uh, the katana, the girl under the age of 12, would not be allowed to do this. So the Gemara recaps and says, so what's the whole argument between Rameyer and What's the case? The whole argument is in the following, in this one case, where it's an engagement period, where they are halakhically engaged, and she is above the age of 12. According to Rameyer, she doesn't have, we don't listen to her to transfer the funds. No, she's only engaged, she's not fully married. According to Rabiosi, she could transfer the funds. She's above the age of 12, she could transfer the funds, and as we, we mentioned earlier, the argument could be about whether there's this mitzvah, whether there's this obligation to listen to the command, to the instructions of the father. That according to Rebiosi, we might not have to listen to them. It belongs to the daughter. She could do what she wants with it. She's above the age of 12. She could then transfer it over to her husband, even if they're only engaged. According to Rebiosi, no. We have to listen to the instructions of the father, and therefore we have to list, leave, it by, uh, leave it by this third party, uh, by the agent. Okay, who do we follow in the end of the day? Itmar, Rabbi Yehuda, Shmuel, Halachik Rabbi Yossi. Shmuel says that we follow Rabbi Yossi. Rav Amr, Rav Nachman, Halachik Rabbi Meir. Rav Nachman says that we follow the position of Rabbi Meir. And in the end of the day, we follow, according to the law, we follow the position of Rabbi Meir, which is that, yeah, we do have this mitzvah. We have this mitzvah, this obligation to listen uh, to the Father when he provides instructions about how, uh, 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 about a certain amount that should be given over to somebody after he passes away. So then there is this obligation uh, to, to listen to his instructions, even though it belongs to the daughter. Technically, the, 
the, the, the cash belongs to the daughter, but we have to listen to, there's a mitzvah to listen to the instructions of the father. Okay, we're up to the two dots on the bottom of Sanal Tesla Bay's 69b. And in the next class, next week, we will conclude the sixth parak, the sixth chapter.